This is Tina Green with Recovery 101, and I am privileged to have Ronald with us this afternoon, and welcome, Ronald. Thank you, Miss Tina. Ronald's here in a, in a role of having a child who is caught in addiction, and so we're going to just talk about what that looks like, and for those parents out there who are struggling and trying to figure out how to do life with a child in addiction, I believe Ronald's going to give us some insight in how he handles, and I'm saying present tense, that it's still in in um, in that situation, how he handles life with a child who is in addiction. So, Ronald, why don't you tell us about um, your your children, and um, and then kind of lead into the story of your son that's caught in addiction. Well, I have four children, two boys, two girls, one boy oldest, the two daughters in between, and then the younger son. And growing up, they all were in school and carrying on as usual, most children going to their activities and wanting to stay all night with their friends here and there and such. And so at a lot of times we had X amount of children in our home. I uh, always have to see the of a morning how many <laughs> I had to wake up. Yes. And especially on the weekends. And summers was always overload of children at our home because of family and friends who – were active in other lifestyles, so their children spend a lot of time with us. Seems pretty common. My children always had kids over. I had four children of my own, and so I understand that counting heads of how many do I need to fix breakfast for. So, right. So go right. ahead. And all of those things carried out pretty well. A functional family until till the younger one was in his high school years, and he uh, was one of the ones that wanted to spend a little more extra time with his friends. So being the younger one, you kind of let up on all of the demands at home because they've had their siblings to teach them a lot of good things, you hope, and (laughs) trust for that. that, Yes. Yes. And so as those years progressed, I I was – uh, several nights my job required me to work the late shift, so I wasn't at home as much, and he spent time away from home, even through the week then, uh, uh, to go with friends and spend the nights with them. And When uh, job necessity changed, uh, my wife and I were moving away. They, he was coming closer to his graduation days. And we were getting closer to time for us to go to another job opportunity in a different county. And when we began to move away is when I began to see and hear things that was a little bit troubling. But I, I, again, as you know, as parents, we, we usually expect maybe our children are involved in some drinking. They've got to try that. Most all children do. Yes. And that wasn't a big concern uh, because I knew 
it wasn't affecting his daily life that I could tell. And so then as we moved away for the other job, I began to hear reports from neighbors and people in the community about things going on where he was living, he and his new wife. He had got married during that time, and, and it was troubling, all of the activity of extra people in the house with them. So he married while he was still in high school? Yes. Okay. Just just right before graduating, uh, he he got married to a young lady that was in school with him. They had been sweethearts for a couple of years. So you didn't see too many red flags until you moved away? That's true. Yes. And then once you moved away, you started seeing and hearing and things. And hearing, yes. And so what did you, what could you or what did you do at that that junction? At that venture, uh, he had begun, he'd gone on out of, he had graduated high school and had started working in a, a construction uh, organization, helping to remodel stores. Walmart stores and such in other places. And so he was beginning to stay away from home through the week. And the the more we heard of even his wife at home, they had a lot of extra people. And it wasn't the most appropriate people. And you were lived in a small, smaller community, so that oh, kind yes. of you knew those. Oh, yes, most of the people knew us. And, and so they were calls uh, reflecting some of the activities, you know, or, or what they observed, not not openly stuff, but but just a lot of tr- of people in and out and uh, things going on in the house. And it was a house that we had built, and we had uh, let him and his wife have it to live in because we were moving away in the other job, so. So when did you feel like you needed to step in? This probably uh, close to a year after we had moved to the other county, I found out that his my my, da- my daughter-in-law was pregnant okay. with child. And so that really concerned us concerning, you know, the activity with the people and I know that from details of some of the people that live right close to them, of, of the many vehicles in and out and different people, and so we went to talk to her. Okay. And and observing the house, her demeanor and such, we just told her, said, you need to get things together and go home with us, which she did. And when you say that she, her demeanor, did you feel like she was under the influence of drugs? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so she was willingly, she went willingly with you to? She did. Okay. Uh, she had, you know, for the, the two or three years, she had been like a daughter to me, you know, as his girlfriend, and and her mom had moved away and left her. Okay. Stranded, so she had spent quite a bit of time in our house. So, as she came to live with you, um, did your son then come and live with you as well? 
in a few weeks, he was on, out on a job. Okay. And when he came home, then he did come to live with us at our house where we were had moved. So, so how did that go? Did did that kind of stop some of the activity that he was doing, or did he even tell you that he was? He did not it? tell, but we, you know, I knew uh, it had, it slowed way down. Okay, it was they would go for a night somewhere or whatever, and. Uh, when his wife, when he and his wife would come back, she did not appear to do be doing the drug scene anymore, but some of the drinking. Right. Okay. And so we kind of talked with them and tried to be a little more insistent. And and how did that go? Not the best, but the, they were still living with us, so they they seemed to kind of draw, you know, push back a little bit. Didn't see as much activity during those months. So how long did that time that they lived with you? There was probably, I'm going to say like four, three, four months. And then my job changed. I moved to another county. So they moved with us to that place. Okay. And for five months or so, Things seemed to be very good. Did not see any activity. And then all of a sudden I began to see that he was beginning to be involved again in things. And so how long did that marriage last? That marriage, well, I have to add a little more in there because they were still married for several years. When we left from that place after, well, let me back up. He uh, he moved to a different area to work, okay. and so they were doing fairly well, seemed, seemed to be in all outwards appearance. And then I began to, uh, when, when it was time for the baby to be born, began to see that he was still struggling with things. She seemed all right at that time because of the baby trying, okay. you know, trying to, to be a mom and... and so forth. But after the baby was birthed, I began to see more things from her as well. So we moved to another county, and we had the baby with us for five or six years. And during that time, my son had been incarcerated, uh, breaking in homes to supply his drug, drug habits. And at one time, I was concerned that he had the baby in the vehicle with him when he did some break-ins. So we just kind of insisted, no, the child is not going out with you. And so do you still have the child, or how old is the child now? The child is now 19 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. But this was, this was in the early years with her, and she was with us until she was five-year-old or six-years-old, something like that. And my son was incarcerated, and his his my daughter-in-law decided that she was going to back to live with her mom and her stepdad. And at that time, she took the child with her. Okay. And so your son was incarcerated. Did that help get him straight? No. So... How many times has he been in and out of jail, or is 
that even countable? Well, from this was like when he was 19 years old that we began to see these things. And so, so the majority of his time from 19 years old till he is 42 now, okay. he has been out of prison or jail possibly two years. Okay. So how do you as a father handle times of when he's out of prison or out of jail and he comes to you? Tell me, because I know that this is a prevalent thing. How do how would you tell parents that you deal with those times when he's out of jail? To me, I always have the hope of when he comes out <clears throat> that for those few months in the beginning that he will be involved in things that will help to restructure his mindset, uh, get him focused more on positive things, try to get him into seeking the Lord Jesus right, and desiring a relationship there. And for months, I have witnessed, you know, five, six months, I've witnessed him pretty strong to begin with. And then all of a sudden, it seems like somebody from the past comes in, begins to do things, and so he gets drawn away. So so as he gets drawn away, how do you deal with that? Do you try to strong arm it, or how, how how do you deal with that? Well, I try to talk with him personally, and and one of my pu- things to push is, you know, this is your choice. You can't blame someone else. Yes. It doesn't matter what has tried to influence you, who's tried to influence you. The choice comes down to you, and that's what I've been trying to teach him all these th- times, as well as you're going to have to learn to have a different set of friends if you want to get away from the old lifestyle, and he has mentioned several times that he doesn't want to be in the drug scene. He doesn't want to live that part of life, and I keep insisting, son, you're going to have to make the choices yourself. I can't make you do them. No one else can. It has to be your personal choice to stop doing these things and move a different way to live. And have you offered him support in that in that area of helping him get set up and do something different. Yes, I have. I've offered to help him get counseling or move into some kind of a rehab program that would help his mind be renewed, restructured from the old lifestyle and the things and help him to get inner healing from whatever is pushing him that way. And a lot of times I've found through the years that it is something in them that is that they're just not dealing with. Right. That they, they're they're still trying not to face whatever it is. And so I've encouraged him and offered to be supportive, even to some degree financially. I don't have a lot, but I'm willing to help offset a few things if he would continue to do this. And even at this time, he's been incarcerated in jail for over a year now, awaiting trial on the situation that was because of a drug that he had participated with. And so have you had to let your son be homeless 
I have. And that's one of the hardest things as a dad you can do is have a child that you know is laying out in the woods under a cliff or in a cave when the weather's in the 30s and it's raining and cold and you you hurt for them. But you cannot continue to support their habits and do things that would cause them to continue on. There comes a time, and I've had to, I had to face this. There comes a time when you have to say, I'm cutting these things off. And even uh, several times we brought him back into the home during these years, and, and I even had to stop that. And so tell me how you deal with the, and I'm going to put quotations around this, the guilt that the enemy would try to make you feel like somehow you're not supporting your son. Tell me how you deal with that. Well, as a parent, you have plenty of that to start with. And I did. I would lay awake nights calling out to the Lord and crying and and being worried over how to help my son get out of this mess. And finally, after several years of this continuing to go on, I began to recognize something from the Word of God. They're his heritage. Mm -hmm. He created them for the timing. And so I began to change my prayers and my activity with the help of the Lord by saying, God, he's yours. You called him. You birthed him into this world for a purpose. And so help me pray the things I need to pray that will affect his life and be supportive where I need to be, but I'm giving him to you because he is yours. And so as you've done that, have you felt like the Lord has directed you in those areas? He has. I am now praying from a different perspective and trusting even more for God's hand to move in his life. Even though I don't see it with my natural eyes, and a lot of times I don't hear it with my natural ears, but it's my understanding, you know, we pray and ask God to do things, and God does not turn a deaf ear to our prayers. Right. And the Word continues to encourage us to have faith in God to do the things that we've asked. And so as a parent, like I said before, I have four children of my own, and there's a time in our lives where we have to say, God, they're yours. Yes. And and as in Psalm 139 says, they knew that the Lord knew your son. He knew when my four children would be born, and he knew them, and he was with them when they were being formed in their mother's womb. Yes. And he never leaves them. Right. Even in their good times or in their bad times. So as a parent, Ronald, and people in the um, listening to this podcast, how would you give them support in in their in their time of need as they're watching their children? Right. I would encourage you as a parent to stop and think of the good times in their lives, not just focus on the bad, but also to build that relationship with the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God to begin to trust that God has this 
He's watching over it. He knows the timing of these lives. Now, he's not going to force them to make the change, yeah. but he will convince and encourage and make the opportunity. And so as, as you begin more to trust God to do these things, as Miss Tina said, he's with them all the time. He never leaves them. He may not be fully active because they have not permitted him to be, but he is there watching over them. And so it helps to realize that. And another thing that I began to do by encouragement from the Word of God is to begin to speak that God gave this child, my son, his life, and he he had a purpose in mind for him when he presented him in this earth and that he will fulfill what God intends for his life. I've spoke those things into his life already in in our conversations, uh, taught them from the scriptures. And so I have that encouragement through the Proverbs that what you train your children in, even though they may depart they in, in their old age, they will return to it. Yes. And so that has to be my faith and my belief. And the declarations that I keep speaking is that the positive things, I know God has a purpose for him. And I'm not the only one who's told him that. There's been many other people who have spoken those things into his life. And uh, you just have to keep speaking positive things in the airways. That's where you're building something for them to, to, to move into their life, to overcome what these hardships are. And you have to just keep declaring, he will, he will finish what plans God has for him to do. Amen. And I just want to pray right now. God, I just thank you for Ronald's son, Lord, that you're going to bring home. And Lord, for every parent here that's listening that has a child trapped in the addiction world, Lord, we ask for you to bring every prodigal home. Lord, you give that story in the word to encourage us and that we keep watching for the prodigals, Lord. And so we just ask right now for every prodigal to return to you, Lord Jesus. And we pray all this in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ronald, for being my guest today. Thank you, Miss Tina.